ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode, I think it's 61 of Turn Over the Tape. As always, my name is Keegan, and this is a bit of a different podcast. I'm actually running this podcast by myself this week. Um, basically, between me and Matt, um, our sort of our schedules didn't really line up. I um, I was up on the Gold Coast this past weekend to watch the football, visit a few family and friends, um, and I came back Monday. I was absolutely tired from the flight, so we didn't record Monday, and then we wanted to record Wednesday, and then something came up on my end, and I couldn't do that Wednesday, so we sort of ran out of time. So I've decided this week just to put something quick out for you guys, um, nothing too over the top, but I thought you definitely deserved a podcast, even if it is only a, uh, only a quick one to listen to. Uh, so yeah, my name's Keegan. Uh, as always, off the top, I would like to remind you to like the, uh, like the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. Um, and sort of the couple of main topics we got to talk about today is firstly, the Suns win um, over West Coast, a very interesting win. And secondly, um, probably the big news coming out of the, um, of the past week is the Rankin news of looking likely to go to Adelaide. And then we might talk, I might talk a little bit about the Hawthorne game at the end. Um, so let's sort of get stuck into the West Coast game first and foremost. It was a win. Um, it wasn't an impressive win. It wasn't a great win, but it was a win. And it keeps that 1% chance of finals alive. Um, I think... I think it's a win that, while unimpressive, sort of on the surface, I reckon if you were to think about this uh, team 12 months ago, we would have 100% lost that game. We were in front by in 30-odd, 35 points at, at points, and um, uh, we, we let them back in, unfortunately, which was really, really frustrating um, watching live, uh, watching live at the ground. But um, I think... I think we, at the, at the right times in the fourth quarter, we we had enough quality, uh, probably mostly thanks to Tuke Miller, fifteen clearances, absolutely huge game from him, and um, we were able to sort of squeak across the line. That Rose's goal at the end really was something to celebrate. I think everyone around me in the stadium um, jumped up out of their seat uh, and celebrated for sure. Um, yeah, it was it was fun sort of just talking about the stadium experience. When West Coast were on the comeback trail, you could definitely feel the nervous nervousness around the stadium. I know there was only around eight and a half, nine thousand people there, but you could definitely feel the tension in the air once the um once West Coast began their um their comeback. Um as far as the game itself goes, I think it still lays bare our issues in defence. Um I think they went in 40 times and scored and scored 26 times or something or something along those lines. So our defense is really, really questionable at the moment. And I think that's just going to be the case the rest of the year. We've got four starters out of our defense. So it's going to be a bit weaker. Um, Jack Darling had an absolute day out. Uh, he tore, he tore Collins to shreds. He tore Graham to shreds when he had a chance to play on him. Uh, overall, it was a, he had an amazing game and he's a great player, but, I think from our lads, I think they should be doing better. Uh, Lemons had a sort of a, a game to forget, even though sort of late on he um he saved a he he saved a wouldn't say a certain goal, but West Coast were on the charge. He he laid a really nice tackle, get it got him holding the ball, and sort of a turnover late in the game. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to sort of really to say about the game. Uh, 
uh, overall, it wasn't great. Probably our worst win for the year. And it's, it's good to think about it like this, that uh, 12, 24 months ago, we wouldn't care how we won a game. We would have just cared that we won a game. The fact that we can look at this game critically and go, well, we won, but we need to improve in all these areas, um, I think is really, really, which is, is really, really good growth. And I reckon having expectations around performance is really good, even though um, they didn't meet them this week. I think that in the long run, I think that that's a healthy thing to have as a football club, having that way to criticise yourself, even though you did get the result that you wanted. And I would, have, I would imagine if Jew was any, any worth of a coach, he'd be pointing that out to the guys this week, that while it was nice to fall over the line, it did really fall on Tuke Miller's head um, to sort of to, to push us across the line in that last quarter. Uh, sort of other really good performances, and we'll get into the votes in a bit as well. Uh, Matt did send me his vote, so I have them all together with me. But Chol kicking five goals for the first time in his career was an absolute highlight. Uh, he's 43 goals for the year now, I'm pretty sure. And getting that sort of value for free... Um, well, not free, but no, we didn't have to give up any trade collateral or any um, any draft picks or anything like that. We got him in as a free agent, as a free agent kicking 43 goals in his first year to go along with Kaz Bolt's 34 or 35. Um, is really, really solid. Um, they've done a really good job at replacing King. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen when King comes back. I think that it could, it could go either way. Um, does Casbolt stay on for another season? I honestly would offer him another year contract. I definitely think that he has value. Um, even if he doesn't play out the whole year next year, I definitely think he has value. Um, he adds value to the team. I think a forward line of King, Chol, and Casbolt can work. Um, I think that it is... you would We need to then put some more pressure around them on the ball. So play players like Rosas and... Holman would need to be playing as well to apply that elite pressure um, because with those three tall players, uh, uh, other teams will rebound out of our defence really quickly. But five goals for Chol was really good. Some took some great marks. This year, he sort of kicked a lot more of his goals sort of on the run out the back of the pack or out the back of defence. But this week, he, um, he took some really nice marks. He led up at the ball quite well. Um, he was aided by Rankin, who kicked three three goals um, in the first half, and really did really did a good job of setting the tone early. Um, his skill around the ball is amazing to watch live. His pressure on the ball is great, um, and yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about him in a bit. Um, but I think that's sort of all I really wanted to hit on. Uh, I think the the sort of the weakness from this team probably comes from the bottom six players that we have currently. And I think that's what's going to end up end up probably really hurting towards the... Um, maybe not this week against Hawthorne, but definitely against Geelong, we could be conceding a rather large score. And the likes of um, Mac Andrew, who did debut this week, and Hollands, who are first and second game players. So we can't be expecting those guys to be carrying the can for, for the team. But... Seeing players like um, like Darcy McPherson, who had, in all honesty, he had an okay game, and I don't think you can be too critical of him. Um, but having players like like that who are probably, are, if not at the level, are just below the level that we probably want, having those sort of players does sort of hurt our um, 
performance. And if you think about the players we've got on the sidelines, like a Weller or a Powell or a Butterick, if we were to replace those bottom six players with the players that are currently injured, our team starts looking a lot better and a lot more skillful. Uh, so let's sort of skip over that um, and let's get straight to the votes. Uh, I had, so I'll, I'll go through all the votes um, and then we'll sort of, I'll talk about those the players individually. Uh, I had Miller three votes, Chol two votes, and I had Anderson down for one vote. Matt had Chol for three votes, Miller for two votes, um, Rankin for one vote. Uh, probably no real surprise. Maybe Anderson's the only one there that I haven't really talked about. He's just getting better and better, and I think as next year rolls around and the years to come after that, he's going to be an elite player of the competition. He's just got something about him. Yes, sometimes the disposal can be a bit questionable, but I think overall, if he was to keep developing at the rate he's developing, next year he'll be pushing uh, He'll be pushing as one of the sort of A-graders or emerging A-graders in the AFL, which would be great to see. Um, that goal that he kicks in the third quarter when, when, we, when West Coast was getting on a bit of a roll, he did just enough to sort of grab the ball he almost did a sidestep like you would see in Oztag. If you played Oztag before, um, you've got the tags on the side of your waist, and he sort of shimmied a bit to get through the um, to get through the player's defence, and then run into basically an open goal. Um, so that was really really positive stuff from Anderson. Um, some sort of honourable mentions as well that I'd like to sort of hit on. Um, Sharp, I thought had his one of his best games, probably his best game for the year. Nineteen touches, two goals off a wing. Um, really, really good. He he held his width really well. Gained six hundred and seven meters, so he was doing a lot of he was he was gaining a lot of territory for us. I think that um I think you've just got to stick with him now. I don't think we can keep dropping him in and out of the team. I think at this point for the last couple of games you've got to keep playing him. Um, who else? Uh, Swallow again battled well. Uh, nine tackles. Um, absolute machine. Continues to continues to show why he should be kept be kept in the midfield. I think that he played a really good game as well. Um, I thought that Roses looked classy around goal. Um, two goals for him, really really good. Um, warming back into it as well after missing with a I think he missed with a hamstring. So yeah, I think overall, if I was to sort of give this performance sort of a mark out of ten maybe a six like we won which is great and we don't want to we didn't want to we didn't leave disappointed but at the same time there's so much more to improve and so much more to work on that hopefully we see going forward um so that's sort of the west coast game in a quick sort of nutshell um so let's sort of move on to the sort of big news sort of off the field coming out of this week is um, the Isaac Rankin story where Adelaide are offering him an absolute massive wedge to come across to the Crows. Now, obviously we're what, three rounds left of the season. So people's minds can change. Uh, the situation can change. Um, but at the moment it looks like that Rankin could be going to the Crows who are putting up a pretty hefty contract to him five years of, um, four million over those five years, so about eight hundred k a year. Um, it's a huge contract. Uh, first and foremost, I don't think you can blame Rankin for taking that deal. At twenty two, I think if anyone was offered that money, if I think myself as a twenty two year old, um, I think at the time I was living in London, I'm pretty sure. So pretty short of a buck. If someone had offered me eight hundred k a year to fly back 
and um, play football or do my job near my family, you would jump at that and do that in a heartbeat. So I can't blame Rankin. All the talk he's ever sort of you ever hear him mention is that he does love the Gold Coast. He does love he loves living there. He loves the club. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're advising him, you say you tell him to take the money because that is probably if if you think about like the worst case scenario if you're an Isaac, if you're Rankin or if you're Isaac I should say uh, and you think about how like he could have a serious injury next year or he might his form might dip and he might ever recover it or he might get a, a long term injury um, that it's really important that you have that security in five years on that sort of money is is solid is solid money and something that he can sort of fall back on if if the worst does happen and also you need to think about it like this like players certain players have a plan after football they have degrees they have jobs that they can fall back on not all players have that so you can never begrudge a person taking that money regardless of how you feel about out him and I, and if Rankin was to leave, and I'm talking about like he's going to leave, it's not a fate complete yet. But if he was to leave, while really sad and disappointing on a sort of human level, um, sometimes we forget these players are human. Uh, you can completely understand the situation there, um, and yeah, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable. Like if you talk about the deal that is apparently this is it's a rumored deal, so four million over five years. I wouldn't be comfortable paying that for him as a Gold Coast Suns. If you you sort of look down in New South Wales and you look at GWS and what's happening there at the moment, they've got four or five players that take up almost half their salary cap themselves. Um, and I don't want the Sun, and they're going to have to have, have a pretty stern clean out of players. I don't want the Suns to do that. I don't think Rankin in his current form is worth that kind of money. Now you might be paying, like Adelaide might be paying for. Um, for what he could be in the future. But I think at the moment, four million, four million over five years, that's similar or very is very close to what we're paying Tuke Miller at the moment. And I don't feel comfortable paying Rankin the same as I'm paying Tuke Miller. While Rankin's had some really good games this year, and I think he's, he falls quite high in our MVP, podcast MVP at the moment, I don't think that he's at the level of Tuke Miller or near the level of Tuke Miller at the moment with the consistency that he brings. Um, Rankin's had good games this year, definitely. We've we've raved about his really good games, but he's also had a few quiet games. Um, so, so that's just the way the way it stands. But obviously, as as the season rolls on and as we roll into trade period and free agency and all that sort of stuff, then these these will either be confirmed or these will be rebuked, um, rebuked, and Rankin stays or whatever happens. But it's it's an interesting time and then you sort of move on to think about what what could the club get for Isaac Rankin um, for all his um, for all his skill and talent. Um, we do have to get something. Adelaide have to come to the table and trade something. They can't get in for free. He's not a free agent. So what you read about is that the Suns are saying that Adelaide's first pick's going to have to be involved somewhere, whether that's a straight swap, whether that's other trade, other picks involved or other players involved, who knows. But I think that I think if we can get something decent, like I'd I'd take for Rankin for pick four, while people might say, well we've developed Rankin for four years, 
I think that I would honestly probably take that and reinvest that pick four into a player of equal sort of not talent because you know Rankin's a very talented player, but equal um, equal value going forward. He another creative sort of X factor player, and at pick four you could definitely find one of those. Um, and yeah, um, sort of a, look disappointing if he does leave, but it's not. It doesn't spell the doom and gloom as it would of years and years ago, years, like, two or three years ago, if Rankin decided to leave, you'd be very much, like, you'd feel like it was because of the club and the club not being in a, in a good spot or being in a, in a positive spot. But this time around, it feels different. It definitely feels like he's leaving for, it's taking a amazing deal to get him out of the club. It's not, he's not leaving because he hates the club or hates the location or hates the coach or anything like that. Or seemingly not anyway from the from the noises he makes in public, but he's leaving because he's getting a really good deal, um, and that's uh, something that we can't really control. That's not within our control. We can we can become a winning football team, which we're starting to win more games. We can have a very good uh, community spirit. We can have a very good I hate the word culture, but a very good culture around the place. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're offered a big bag of money to go somewhere, then you can live close to your family and you can play footy, then you can't really blame. You can't really blame him on a personal level. And yeah, that's pretty much my opinion on it until sort of more happens. Um, I'm not really frothing at the mouth. I'm a bit disappointed, but I think the small forward as well, I think it opens up a spot for like a Malcolm Roses to really establish himself. I think that he has, while probably not as complete a game as Isaac Rankin, he does have that X factor, definitely. And we've got the likes of... Um, the likes of Jeffrey as well, who has that bit of special quality about him. I always think about those five goals that Jeffrey kicked against the Bulldogs and think that, yeah, there's ta- there's some definite X factor there as well. So it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all fold the club if Rankin leaves. It's just it's just just the way it's looking at the moment, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, we'll have an extra. We'll have some nice draft picks. We'll have some extra cap space to maybe bring in our own um, experienced players. So yeah, that's that's just how how I feel about it at the moment. Um, last thing, let's move on to the Hawthorne game this week. So we're nine and ten, nine wins, ten losses. Um, win this week, and we actually even the ledger, which is a very um, which is big. It's big for the club. It might not evolve as playing finals, but if we can sort of finish the season with an even ledger or a better than even ledger, then that's great. Um, I would say going down to Tasmania is always a hard trip. I don't think the Suns have ever won in Tasmania, actually. Or I can't think of a time the Suns have won in Tasmania. I could be completely off there. But Hawthorne are sort of a very interesting team this year. They they go through patches of being looking absolutely diabolical, and they go through other patches of playing some good football. And that last quarter against St Kilda last week, while it wasn't a classic, uh, they did really put the heat on St Kilda late in the game, and St Kilda had to sort of pull their finger out towards the end to sort of get across the line. Um, Hawthorne do have a lot of injuries and a lot of players missing. Uh, Mitch Lewis is a big out for them. Giat's a big out for them. Um, so there's, and there's more than that as well. There's a bunch of players, um, not an expert on the Hawthorne list, as you can probably tell. Um, but yeah, so they're missing a lot of players. So it isn't Tassie, which gives them, definitely gives them an advantage for sure. They are missing a lot of players. We're also missing a lot of players as well. But for this game, honestly, I think it's a bit of a flip of the coin. I think if we if we play like we did against Brisbane a couple of weeks ago, then I think that 
we um we definitely can um, get a result and get a win. If we play like we did against West Coast, then I think Hawthorne will get get the better of us and get the win. And oh, I don't, I just, I just want, I just want an even ledge. I just want an eleven eleven score line at the end of the season is progress, and that's what I would like to see. Um, and as far as an outline, because we're recording this on a Thursday night, I can actually talk about the teams really quick. So Davies comes back in. I don't know how I feel about that. He's he tries. He had an okay game in the VFL. I think he had a good start and then trailed off. Um, I don't think he's ready personally. Due obviously and the coaching staff think otherwise. Um, Ellis comes back in, which is a big. He was a big out for us last week. He just provides that consistency, a defensive winger that can sort of float back and take marks. And he's also he also gets forward and does kick a couple of goals as well. So he's a big in as well. Um, and then you've got Atkins and Markov coming out, which is kind of disappointing because. I think that that run and spread that they provide is um will be missed. Um, Davies isn't that kind of play. It's not a like for like replacement. I'd like to see. I'd like to. I would have liked maybe to see Markov hang around because of that sort of extra run and pace he does provide. But that's that's the coaching staff. That's what they they value that defensive tackling pressure and Davies. Davies does bring that. Um, bring that in spades and and Ellis is is physical when he needs to be um so yeah uh overall uh, if I was giving a tip now um look I think Hawthorne win but it's a flip of the coin really it's a 50-50 game and yeah I think Hawthorne win love to see the Suns win if the Suns win I'll feel a lot more positive this ranking news has flattened me out just a little bit but I think that if the Suns get a win, I think that's a real positive step. And another, sort of another test to say, here's a game you should win, go win that game. So, yeah, that's how I feel about, that's how I feel about the Suns going forward. That's how I feel about the game this weekend. And, um, and yeah, thanks for listening to Ramble On for about 20 minutes. Um, yeah, sorry, it's not like the usual podcast. We sort of have a bit more discussion and back and forth, but hopefully this sort of fits, fills a bit of a void, um, in your, in your podcasting week. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening to this episode of uh, Turn Over the Tape. My name's been Keegan. My name has been Keegan, as it always is. And um, and yeah, as you can tell, I am fumbling because I don't have someone else to talk to. And um, next week we should be back with a regular podcast with Matt and me, and we will catch you next week.